In this episode of Overgalling, we talk about covenants. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I'm doing really well. Uh, got a pretty busy week. I get to chaperone my fifth grade son's trip to Universal tomorrow, so it'll be me and him and who knows how many of his cohorts in crime. So that's going to be all kinds of fun. So uh, I, let's just hope this goes better than that. I've done this a couple of times with my kids growing up. There's there's something very odd, but but really kind of cool to see your kid in with his in with his peers. And see how he treats his dad when he's with his peers. <laughs> That's a very revealing uh, thing that you're going to be able to do. So I'll be interested to see what you learn from that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there'll be much. Much will be I, learned. I know you will. Uh, this past time, you, you talked about covenant. And I, I appreciate this because I think there are a series of really simple ideas to us that we talk about basically week in, week out, but we don't ever really examine what that idea is. And if you come into a congregation, you're like, okay, what 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 does this mean? Right. So it's one of those concepts that, that can get easily confused. You talked about covenant. Is this different than a contract? Why do we need to worry about understanding this idea at all? The simplest way for us to understand the idea of covenant in our uh, society is that of a contract. Because that's something we, we enter into all the time, and we understand both parties have, have obligations there. The difference, though, in a covenant with God is this is an agreement God enters into with man. And, and you know, we can do a, a deep dive here even into the meaning uh, of the words that are translated uh, covenant. Uh, and, and those words have the idea of binding, but also of a cutting. Uh, and so specifically... You know, in Genesis 15, where God enters into this covenant with Abraham, the animals are cut in two. Well, it's that it's that sacrifice that is, you know, going to be bringing Abraham and God into this relationship, you could say. Well, God being in a covenant with man, though, he is not an equal party in this. God is the king, he's the superior, and he has all these wonderful blessings and gifts that man cannot attain on his own. Right. And so what God is looking for is man to follow him. And then God is saying, I have bound myself to you. And if you will follow me, here is what you're going to receive. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why we need to understand this is because grace is something, you know, everybody talks about, everybody wants. We all want grace from God. Well, in Scripture, grace comes predominantly, and in some ways you could even say absolutely, through covenant. Because right. there's a standpoint that, okay, all of us receive favor from God. You know, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from, from God. Okay, well, that's a part of the fact that God made a covenant with creation. He's the creator, and so we, the creatures, or the, the created, we are in this relationship with him and we have received blessings from him. However, because of man all the way from the beginning violating covenant, man's not receiving the full blessings of that, that covenant agreement. 
Mm-hmm. Grace always comes through covenant, though. Abraham received grace from God. Israel received grace from God. We received grace from God. And even while that old covenant was in existence, God prophesied in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, that a new covenant was coming. And this covenant was greater because now sins are going to be forgiven. So the grace that we talk about so often, that exists in a covenant with God. And that's why it's important that we understand what a covenant is. Yeah. Um, See if you agree with this. And this is just something that that flew into my head. It's kind of like being part of a family business. Who's going to get the family business after you're done with it? Well, it's your son. And and really, is it fair that your son gets that, that business? Well, I mean, in one way, no, but in another way, very much yes, because the son is being groomed for the business and it is the person who is in charge of that business. It's their prerogative to choose who will succeed him. We have to choose to be in God's family. And once we are in that family, then we are in covenant with him. But if we choose not to be in that family, there is no covenant that that that, that saves us. Does that make sense? Well, that's kind of built into this whole covenant idea. Yeah. So you look at Israel's covenant with God, and the, the predominant feature of Israel's covenant with God in our minds is the law. That Those are the, the stipulations for being in, con- in covenant with God. Well, right. the passages that we think of so often about you know God's will and Israel following that are passages like Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28, where God says, if you follow me, if you keep my covenant, here are the blessings that are going to come from that. Right. However, if you don't follow me, if you don't keep my will, if you don't keep covenant, here are the consequences of the covenant. You've broken the covenant. Here's what happens when you break the covenant. And so all of these things, punishment, uh, God's justice, God's wrath, also God's blessings, God's grace are all tied together in this idea of covenant. He has made a covenant with man. Follow him in covenant and you are blessed. Reject him in covenant, and you have the covenant curses. Well, we got bad news then, Josh, <laughs> because none of us have kept the covenant. I mean, we, we can look back at, at, at the, the story of Israel. I mean, it's just, we can talk about specific generations that do pretty well for a while. But when you look at the, at the story of Israel, they, they are far from perfect. As a matter of fact, they're really bad on on occasions for long spans of time. I mean, you talked about God being yoking us in an unequal arrangement because he's a lot better than we are. Um, And this this contract is conditioned on faithful obedience, but none of us are faithful. Um, Doesn't that knock us out of this contract? So that's the the significant thing about grace residing in the covenant. Because not that God overlooks sin, but because God is gracious and merciful in his covenant relationships, he is able to be patient. And so you find that with Israel throughout the Old Testament. And significantly, Israel will have to you might say reestablish or reaffirm their covenant with God numerous times because yeah. they had broken the covenant so severely and they were being punished and, and, and experiencing the covenant curses. The difference, though, that we have in, in this new covenant and that God was pointing to all along is we have Jesus in the new covenant. 
Mm-hmm. And so here in the Hebrew writer, and I did not go into this on on Sunday because we could <laughs> we could have we could have yeah. spent a lot a lot of time in Hebrews. But yeah. Hebrews chapter seven verse twenty two, Jesus is the guarantee guarantor of a better covenant. Right, and then he talks about the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, that is Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is the key. And why I I try to emphasize so often, when we think of what Jesus did for us, it is more than he simply died on the cross for our sins. Yes, that is paramount. But he continues as our high priest. He continues to make intercession for us. So yes, my sin, in effect, could and maybe even should break covenant with God. But if I'm still trying to follow God faithfully and I am going to God through Jesus asking for forgiveness, he is there continually making atonement for us. Mm-hmm. And God is keeping us in covenant. Jesus is the key here. He is what makes the whole covenant work. Yeah, which means that we need to be in relationship with Jesus uh, and I'll go ahead and tell you this, Josh. <laughs> you just finished studying Hebrews, and, and there's a whole lot of Romans I see in this mm-hmm. as well, which is this idea that we are not that we are covenant breakers was well, not news to God. It never has been, and that's that's part of the, that's part of the main thesis of, of Romans. Um, Plug for the auditorium class <laughs> at university. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exa- and I'll, I'll put this plug in there as well. One of the one of the episodes that I've done recently is read the entire book of Romans. Uh, reading the entire thing in one sitting was really illuminating to me. It, it it started pulling together a lot of themes that that I didn't see when I when I studied one chapter at a time. Okay, <laughs> our plugs are done. Okay. the The covenant ends up being the terms that God can have a relationship with us. But why is this a good deal? I, I I was fine before this. You're telling me I wasn't, but I was happy. I didn't feel any guilt. As a matter of fact, I'd say my life was going pretty well. And yet, this makes me feel guilty. This makes me feel terrible. This makes all my relationships seem like they're they're horrible as well. Why is this something that I should pursue? Because it makes me feel so lousy every time I pursue it. We at university in the last month spent a lot of time praying for our brother, Jordan Schaus, who at first we thought was going to have be diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Thankfully, that was not the case. Jordan went in for a routine colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there was some family history there, which is why he was getting the colonoscopy, but it was still routine. He, he wasn't feeling bad, wasn't feeling anything, just felt normal. But he goes in and the doctor says, you've got a mass in your colon and we see some spots over here on your liver. We don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He needed to get that taken care of. Mm-hmm. He felt fine, but he wasn't fine. That's the problem. We all, the world feels fine. But it's not fine. Abraham, before God spoke to Abraham in Ur or Haran, wherever you want to 
uh, say that, that God first spoke to him, may have been feeling fine. You know, he, he lived in a prosperous place, probably was doing pretty well himself. But God spoke to him and God said, I've got something better. You don't know it yet, but I've got something better. Mm-hmm. Noah probably felt fine. I mean, he was righteous. He was, he was following God. But then God spoke to him one day and said, all that you see around you, I'm about to destroy. I'm about to destroy with water something, you know, an event like you've never seen. You've got something you need to do. I'm going to enter in a covenant with you. Israel wasn't fine. I mean, Israel was was living in Egypt in captivity uh, as slaves. They would later on in their history wish they were back there for some reason, but they mm-hmm. weren't fine. And God is saying, I'm, I'm going to make a covenant with you. So whether we feel fine or not, what God is saying is, I've got something better. None of us, regardless of how we feel, we're fine. And so you, you already mentioned Romans. Romans 3.23, all has sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us were fine. And the fact is, and this is where Romans starts, we were all under covenant anyway. That's the, the whole point of Romans 1, beginning in verse 18. What could be known of God, you know, there, in creation, there was what can be known of God. Some of the things that can be known about God, His eternal power, His divine nature. That, that can be known about God in creation. And yet, what did the created do? Ever, ever since Adam, we've all been putting our will in front of the will of God. We made ourselves the master when we were not. We all broke covenant. Mm-hmm. And so God is saying to us now, I've got something better. Here's a covenant relationship with me through Jesus. Yes, there are obligations. Yes, you need to follow him faithfully. But the blessings are such we can't imagine. And so that's why uh, we weren't first. Never, never um, fool yourself into thinking you were fine. You weren't. You were sick and you didn't know it. Right. God is saying, I've got the cure. Come into a relationship with me. (laughs) It reminds me of of raising children. My kids often make decisions, uh, you know, left to their own devices. They would eat candy. They would play the PS5 all day long. Are they happy? They're thrilled. They're just thrilled. But they don't understand the natural consequences of their actions. And really what God is saying is, I know you feel like things are going really well right now, but you don't understand the natural consequences of your actions. Left to your own devices, this is what's going to happen. And let me tell you, this isn't where you're. This is is not where you're intending to go, and this is isn't where you're intending to end up. But this is where this path leads, and you can't see it, but I do. And I'm going to give you an option here. If you want to end up someplace else, let me give you a different path. Does that make sense? It is not a man who walks to direct his own footsteps. Absolutely. We we all following our own ways lead to disaster. We may be leading, uh, following a path to disaster, blissfully ignorant and whistling the entire way, but it's still disaster. (laughs) And here's the thing, Josh, this was getting way too far away from my family metaphor. I mean, I just got to get back to the family metaphor. (laughs) We all know that. Um, you said that God wants to be in a, a contract with us. 
I don't. I, I think about the contracts that that I'm in. Like one of the contracts I'm in is is uh, for where I work. I get something out of that. Obviously, I I get my 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 paycheck. I get I get health insurance, and I know what my my employer gets out of this. They they get a guy who's who's going to teach their classes for them. Um, I know what I get out of this relationship with God, but one of the things we, we established early on was. God is really a lot better than we are, and we he doesn't really need anything that we have. What does he get out of this deal? He gets us. And that is not a plug for the uh, <laughs> national advertising campaign. Yes, God does understand this, but no, that, that's what he gets. He gets us. He gets what he created in his image and in covenant, in the covenant with Jesus, we're returned back to God. Now, from our standpoint, we can look at that and say, that's the worst deal in human history or in all of history. <laughs> yeah. Because we get God and he gets us. From his perspective, you know, I, I won't speak for God. Uh, he he places a lot of a lot of value on that. He places a, I mean, enough value on that that he gave his son for us even when we were enemies. Yeah. And, and so... I tell you, if you, if you want something that makes you feel loved today, think of that. Yeah. Think about that God wants a covenant with you. You are getting everything, and what God is getting is you. Yeah. I See if you agree with this. I, why do we have children? They are terrible investments. They, they, they take a lot of resources. They like take a lot of time. They take a lot of attention. And yet all, almost all of us want to have children at some point in our lives. Uh, not everybody. I'm not knocking anybody who's, who's cho- chosen not to do that. But the investment, th- there's something in that contract. There's something in that deal that means a lot more than, than money. And it means a lot more than, than the allocation of time. It, it's, I don't know about for you, Josh. I mean, I don't know. Why do you want kids? Is that a trick question? <laughs> no, it is not a trick question. It is. It, it was to complete our family. That was why. That's why we wanted kids. I mean, we, Jen and I, were a family of two, and that's that's fine. Um, but we wanted to have a a family. We wanted children. How many ever that was, we didn't know at the time, but we wanted children mm-hmm. to love and who would in turn love us. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 where I have to come back to every time. Before we had them, I loved them. And and that they, they, they complete part of me that, that's just very important to me. And I I cannot explain it. I love watching my kids make some stupid mistakes and come back home. And and you know, I love being there. It's not to, to taunt it over them, but I love being an intimate part of their lives because it's kind of a privilege. I mean, it, it's a privilege to be that to be that intimate with with a bunch of kids. It, it, you know, it sounds sappy. I'm not meaning it to be sappy at all, but it's just it's just an important part. And I think that's what God sees in us. And frankly, I think that's also why God put in us that desire to have children because I think we understand God better because of it. Does that make yeah, sense, Josh? I agree. Okay. All right, we're going to. You and I both have something 
where we're going to be on break next week, spring break. We're going to change it up a little bit next time. And it kind of teased out a little bit. Let me ask this question, Josh. What kind of Bible you've been preaching from lately, Josh? By the time the audience has heard this, this will be the second Sunday in a row that I've been preaching from an ESV or English Standard Version. Oh, my goodness. Which has gone from the pattern of the last nine and a half years where I preached 99.99% of the time from a New American Standard. <laughs> so you have had a conversion. Um, go ahead. <laughs> No, I don't know if conversion is the right term, but uh, there, there's been a change, and we're going to talk about why that change took place. Yeah, and, and, and uh, to elaborate just a little bit more on this, we're going to be talking about translations of the Bible, and we're going to be talking about that. So that's what we're going to have for next week. And I, you and I have already batted around a few questions. I got to tell you, Josh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this conversation. It'll be interesting. It's, a, yeah. it's an interesting topic, for sure. I think so, too. So why don't we talk about that next time? Sounds good, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all the information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.